You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Good morning, good morning. It is January 3rd, 2024, and uh, the Collective Cafe is back in session. I hope you are well. I hope you had a wonderful, wonderful break over the December, January, I was going to say January, it's only January 3rd, 2024. It's still taking a bit of getting used to, but you had a peaceful, restful, uh, re-energizing time that you were able to recharge your batteries because there's nothing worse than I guess starting off already uh, already burnt out already uh, on the back foot you we we got to just be like just bursting bursting through those uh, starter gates and make sure that we just absolutely crush the year ahead I'm I feel pretty strongly about the fact that uh, I think it's really important um, to start strong, to start really, really strong. And, uh, you know, when I look at my goals for the year, um, there are many goals, there are health goals, there are wellness goals, there are relationship goals, uh, certainly as it relates to being an EOS implementer, a business and leadership team coach. Um, yeah, my goal is to, um, to acquire, to earn, uh, to, uh, to win 12 new clients, one per month. And uh, there's no point in getting to October or November on four or five. I'd much rather be on 15. I'd much rather kind of overreach than under or over-deliver than under-deliver. That's, that's the goal here. So why not just start off really strong? <laughs> and and I got to tell you, it's kind of funny because um, I just got back from South Africa. And so the jet lag is kicking in. And uh, because of the jet lag, I've been up since 1.30 this morning. So a little bit tired already. I've, I've put in half a day, to be honest. 
um, I've been working and uh, and starting to just um, you know take stock and and start to strategize. One of one of the things that I really want to be able to do is think about the collective cafe and what I want to do with it and how I want to grow it and how I want to thinking about Alpha Collective, thinking about Joseph Jaffe is not famous, thinking about all of my assets and, and all of my opportunities um, that I feel I've created proof of concept in terms of the creative and the content side, but not necessarily in terms of the audience and monetization. And so my my effort, my energy, my focus must shift. It has to shift in order to be able to create something that feeds, uh, integrates, accommodates, rein, uh, reinforces everything that I'm doing. Um, with my why statement, which is to help uh, to help people get unstuck, return to growth, and become forever changed, which of course references my book that I'm going to start talking about increasingly. So there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of opportunity um, that I think is on the table, not just for me, but for you, for all of us. And I uh, may as well just kind of get going. And so uh, I'm going to be... Uh, I'm going to be talking about this publicly and and uh, and asking for your help too. So if you're listening to our podcast version of this, uh, please feel free to swing by. One thing that I'm doing today is I am doing this live on Twitter Spaces. Um, and uh, if you build it, they will not come. If you launch it, they will not listen. If I want to own the 8 to 9 a.m. slot, I'm going to have to work hard. I'm going to have to um, change things up. And so today is the first day of playing around, you know, whether it's Instagram. Um, I, need, I need an additional platform in order to, Discord is just not where it needs to be right now. I mean, Discord is nowhere in terms of, it's not a media platform, but until the community is inside Discord, until there's enough critical mass, um, there's no point in just doing it to a very small audience. And so it's kind of reluctant that I'm doing it on Twitter Spaces because I'm not thrilled um, with um, the way that the I'm not, I'm not enamored, I'm not overwhelmed, I'm not overjoyed with some of the decisions that have been made. But at the same time, it might just be the best. <laughs> it might just be the best there is, which is kind of sad. Um, but you know, let's see what happens. So. Uh, let's do it. Let's talk about today. I'm going to get straight into it. I want to talk about my friend Baratundi Thurston, just an incredible creator, media professional. And um, he is doing some amazing work on Puck. And if you haven't visited and you haven't set up, uh, go to puck.news. And um, yeah, it's amazing. I actually just invited the founder of Puck on to the show. So maybe he'll join me. Uh, but this, this was an email in my inbox. Email still works. And, um, and the email ref references Baratundi's 10, uh, Baratundi's been on my show, by the way, uh, and Joseph Jaffe is not famous. And, uh, and I just, you know, I, I just decided to do this kind of spontaneously. You know, if I had, if I had done this in a different way, I suppose, um, I might have actually invited Baratundi on to talk about it, uh, but I didn't. And um, and so, in a way, hopefully he'll be uh, maybe pleasantly surprised um, to see 
um, the article, Substack, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, on this. Maybe I'll publish it on Puck as a follow-up, or it's certainly not a rebuttal, but more of a an ad, if you will. So uh, these are ten predictions for the new year, um, uh, and uh, let's 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 get straight into it. Okay, so number one, I went ahead and number one. The internet will get worse. So what Baratundi is you know, talking about is how our feeds maybe feel a little bit less relevant, um, more filled not only with um, AI or the algorithm working against us, if you will, uh, but also recognizing that, um, you know, deep faking, that there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of manipulation going on, as he calls it, financially manipulated junk results. And um, he thanks, uh, I got to get all of these people on the show, by the way, like what I've realized is like, um, what a great list. Uh, Corey, uh, Dr. O for introducing him to the term uh, N-shittification to describe this phenomenon. N-shittification. It's, uh, it's a word that that probably aligns well with, um, I did the year-end show of the Beancast, as I often do every year. I typically try and go on Bob Norp's Beancast. He's kind of marketing, the best marketing podcast in the world, as it is labeled. I try and get on there about once a month, and uh, and I do the year-end show. And the word that just stuck with me was the word mucktrocity. So there you've got two words, right? You've got mucktrocity and enshittification. Choose, you know, pick your poison. So, you know, enshittification is really talking about the fact that, you know, we've got all this AI and generative um, AI, this explosion of AI. And, and what it's done is it's created more uh, quantity and, and quality, but actually quantity of muck and quality of muck. It's not a good quantity and quality um, or it's a mix, and it's it's hard maybe to discern what is content, what is quality, what is authentic, and what is not. Um, I, I love this this quote: "As quality data becomes more scarce or expensive, AI operators will turn to synthetic data to train their models, making the enshittification more literal as machines ingest." their own digital effluent. Just let that one sit with you for a moment. Uh, as machines ingest their own digital effluent. Garbage in, garbage out. Poop in, poop out. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about this certainly later as well. Um, good morning, Chris. Um, but there is this idea of, of you know, uh, of owning your own data um, but also just, you know, he who has the most influential, the most accurate, the most um, authentic, the most, um, you know, real data um, feeding into the machine um, may end up being the winner. Um, Baratundi makes a note that this is crazy. Uh, half the world half the world are going to be holding national elections in 2024. So, I mean, let that sink in when you think about the enshittification, when you think about 
AI and faking and deep faking and trolling and botting. And oh my goodness, we are in for a bumpy, uh, bumpy ride. So to me, the question is going to be, who do you trust? Who do you trust? Um, and, you know, it's, it's a question that's not actually as simple as you think because you may not even, you know, you may not even know, uh, you may not even realize that, that who you thought you could trust, um, you may not. Be. It's this wolf um, in sheep's clothing in a way. Um, and what we may see is a complete, I don't know whether it's a lay, uh, leveling of the playing fields or maybe just a kind of, a, you know, remember um, that at one point everyone was getting their news from the fake news from Jon Stewart and The Daily Show or the same thing with respect to Twitter or X. Um, we, we find that we actually end up getting our news from different sources and so it's almost like a, it's not so much a leveling of the playing field, but this idea of a rebalancing. Um, it's going to be very, very interesting. And as I said, you know, hold on to your seatbelts because it's going to be a bumpy, bumpy ride. Uh, we will see intermediaries. We will see infomediaries. We will see, you know, uh, Barantundi ref uh, references he says, you know, this trend will drive up the value of quality data and send users searching for sources of information and perspective they trust, like Puck. Um, so um, that leads him to his second prediction, which is proprietary data will become more valuable. And so Baratundi says, next year, every savvy business and entrepreneurially minded individual, I'm talking about YouTube creators, podcasters, financial institutions, news and media outlets, telecom operators, healthcare providers, etc., will audit their own data to see if they're sitting on a library of content that can be used to create value in our emerging large landscape model-dominated world. Um, he talks about that, um, you know, and this comes back to that first point, right? How do we train these, you know, these large um, learning models, um, you know how do we how do we how do we train these machines? Um, it is based on the quality and the quantity of data that you feed into it. And so he talks about that we're going to see a record number of data and IP deals, and um, it's uh, it's it's exciting, man! It is exciting um, when we think about the good, the bad, and the ugly. He references Axel Springer, um, owner of Business Insider, Politico, and others, struck a deal with OpenAI. And then you've got Apple and you've got Google and you've got all these companies that are going to be trying to feed. I think about myself as a creator and I think about my archive. I think about my archive of 600 plus shows. I think of my archive of the Collective Cafe. I think about all these insights. I think about everything. Uh, it's a, it's a gold mine. It's a treasure trove. And what if I just was to take it all in-house or private um, and monetize it or find a partner that wanted to feed this content and only this will be the only, you know, um, exclusive um, receiver or receptacle of this content as well. So, you know, he does say, 
um, um, that that you know he talks about, uh, which I'll get to in in a moment. That if this you know if this path um, manifests itself, that we actually you know we start to leverage our own data and monetize um, our own data, then um, whether it's whether it's being a local newspaper with its archives. Um, whether it's a YouTuber, whether it's a financial institution, um, there's going to be a whole new level of um, of data monetization. But with that will be, you know, as he talks about this, you know, a bumper year for lawyers, unfortunately, right? Um, just when you thought it was safe to get back in the water, um, there are going to be a tremendous number of of implications with respect to privacy security and IP rights. Um, I love these first two trends working together. Um, number one, the internet will get worse. And number two, proprietary data will become more valuable. Um, I may get to it later, but certainly when we think about backlashes against social media, um, this is all connected and, and related. Number three, um, open AI will no longer dominate. And so, you know, here Baratundi talks about, um, you know, we know we've got Grok with, with um, Elon and uh, Microsoft's chatbot called Microsoft Copilot, Google's Gemini model. Everyone and their grandmother are going to be coming out with a rival um, to open AI. And, um, you know, I'll just say this, right, which is, you know, when everyone's doing it, um, there is there is nothing special anymore. It becomes like internet access. It becomes like uh, a universal dial, uh, dial tone. So, you know, when everyone um, is doing the same thing, there is no differentiation. And uh, I think that will be always better for consumers, um, but um, because it will, you know, competition, it will raise the game, it will... It will um, be the rising tide that floats uh, all boats. Um, but certainly, if you are a company, I mean, again, you know, as a as a as a marketer or as a producer, as a manufacturer, as a seller, you know, who do you align yourself with? Who will be the big winner? That's a bet you might want to play play a uh, place. But as a consumer, it's just great, you know. And you'll make decisions based on price, and you'll make decisions based on choice and and comparison. There'll be comparison shopping, if you will. I mean, that would be my prediction here. Um, I'm mixing in my thoughts with Baratundi's. Uh, but yeah, you'll be able to, just like you know, what's the progressive has the name your price tool, um, you'll be able to compare all of these different um, AI solutions to find the better one for you or the most accurate one. Um, and and that, that, that can't be a bad thing. So these are all kind of like connected. But the fourth one is, AI will find you. So AI into everything, right? Everything, AI, 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 everything becomes the norm. You don't have to seek it out. It will, you know, to quote Baratundi, it will appear in your inbox, editing software, point of sale system, CRM, booking platform, and on your existing device through a term you'll hear more about. So here's another term, uh, on-device AI, so when we think also about Alexa and Google Assistant, Siri, um, it's, um, you know, this idea that, that AI will just be ubiquitous and incorporated into everything 
that you do and and everything you own and everything you use as well. I love this this thought, which is interacting with user manuals will become a conversation. Um, and uh, he adds, uh, we'll see uses of AI that connect you with other people, not just draw you further into the isolating digital world. Although he says this last one is more of a hope than a prediction. But I love this concept of, you know, a user manual as a conversation, being able to, instead of, you know, I mean, think about how we used to operate with respect to, um, with respect to uh, troubleshooting, right? Troubleshooting with, with a manual, um, going to the back page and trying to find, as opposed to saying, you know, this is what's wrong. My, my Nespresso machine is not turning on, or there's a weird red and green light at the same time. Um, what, what does this mean? And it may very well appear, um, cause I've done this before, you know, that what you need to do is called descale and then the ability to walk through that descaling process or procedure, you know, step by step. Um, just what a, what a kind of great, almost, um, almost like a compromise between technology and, and humanity. Um, number five, uh, human interaction will become a luxury. So just when you actually thought and you were, remember he said this one is more of a hope than a prediction. Um, the reality is uh, that it's going to become increasingly hard to talk to a human for, for many, many reasons, right? Humans are flawed. Humans are um, emotional. Humans are expensive. Remember that, that the default decision of a public company, of a large company, is to basically minimize cost. And the only way to do that is ultimately to get rid of those pesky human beings, to automate um, and, uh, and, and to eliminate, to simplify. We've seen this. This is not an AI trend. <laughs> This is a trend we've been we've been watching with with digital, you know, uh, for the most part. Where you know the frustration, you just can't get hold of a human being. You call a toll free number, and that number is telling you to go to a to go to a website. And oftentimes there is no human. Uh, there's just a recording that says go to the website. Or if you do want to talk to a human, you're going to be waiting for uh, an inordinate amount of time. And so. What happens is, what has happened, I should say, is that, you know, the luxury up until now has been for, you know, the rich getting richer or the most, the highest level of, the highest level um, of loyalty, Um, something that, um, you know, something that, that we've seen, you know, for example, if you are executive uh, platinum, um, you are, you know, going to get hold of a human being a lot easier than if you were, you know, unaffiliated. Um, and, and it's hard, right? I mean, it's, well, you know, um, yeah, it, it's hard and it's, and it's also, um, you know, par for the course, right? We expect that. Um, there's nothing wrong with the ability to say, you know, if you are at the highest level of service, um, or loyalty, or or you know, um, let's say patronage. You spend the most. You've been there the longest. Um, you you have a gra- grandfathered status. 
that you would expect to be able to have certain privileges or perks. Um, so that trend has existed for a while, but it's definitely going to be taken to the next level um, now that we have um, AI uh, making it even much more um, convenient, easy, cheaper, better, cheaper, faster, um, or a combination, maybe not all of them. Um, so, um, but then what Baratuni does, which I really love, is he talks about the fact that, you know, he, he remembers in his, you know, in his, uh, in his first um, post-college job, a call center manager saying that older people would call the company's support line just to talk to another human. They didn't actually have any problems or any, you know, they just, they just wanted a company. And so he says, you know, it seems inevitable that the rise of plausibly human AI powered interactions will give rise to a form of companionship to many who lack it. Remember that we are also operating right now at a time and in a time where social media has actually disconnected us and created more depression and isolation and increases in suicide. And so we are not more connected. We might be more connected, but we're more disconnected than ever before. And so this counter trend, you know, that, um, that actually interactions with humans uh, will become almost like, uh, he calls it a status symbol, um, increasingly premium experience. Um, and I don't kind of, you know, again, you know, even later in this trend, he talks about how, um, you know, one Dutch supermarket chain implemented what they called slow chat checkouts for seniors who want to talk to another person. I remember this, hearing about this years and years ago. And, um, you know, think about, again, there are always counter trends to trends, right? So the counter, tr the, the trend, I should say, uh, the trend is the fact that you go into a supermarket today and they are just increasingly being overtaken by self-checkout, where it is almost impossible to actually find uh, a human being and someone who's going to help you pack your groceries. It's all DIY but it's all DIY for the wrong reason. So here you have a counter trend to the trend, which is the fact that, that when everyone is speeding up, here is a Dutch supermarket chain that is slowing things down. And by doing that, of course, they are differentiating themselves. So we will see, you know, think about travel agents. Think about, you know, at the end of the day, think about what happens when something goes wrong. When something goes wrong, who do you trust? Who do you turn to? Who do you rely on? Um, and, and, and how much are you prepared to pay for it? It's a different kind of insurance if you think about it. It's a different kind. It's almost like a new concept of insurance, right? It's, it's relationship insurance. So, you know, when the chips are down, who do you turn to and who do you trust? And how much are you prepared uh, to pay for it? Um, and so I think this is a very interesting trend. Um, of course, you know, when we say human interaction will become a luxury, there will be opportunities for companies that actually say you don't have to be the equivalent of a four seasons to get a human, right? You can be a double tree and get the, the equivalent of your 
your freshly based freshly baked chocolate chip cookies you know and so maybe it means taking you know reducing profit a little bit maybe it it's a different model um but who will we turn to as consumers the company the faceless um inhuman cold brittle sterile company or the one that actually um has that injection of humanity number six um is um and and by the way um Baratundi ends that trend. He says, while many businesses will feel pressure to launch their AI strategy, smart ones will also launch their human strategy. And this is not, you know, there are many people out there, people like even Brian Kramer talks about HTH, H2H, human to human. Um, we're definitely going to see more, you know, watch the space because this one is, is definitely going to continue to play itself out. Um, number six uh, people will return to nature. So he talks about how climate change are gonna will drive more people to seek a connection with nature and more people are going to fight to preserve and protect places that they feel um, attached to. Um, and uh, but he says they're actually like um, also driving this are this increasing suspicion and dissatisfaction with, a pharmaceutical heavy approach to health, quote, end quote. Um, and this need to balance out our, you know, addiction to screens, our, our screen time. So it's like a unplugged aspect, but it's also this idea of, I mean, you know, he doesn't talk about this, but, but I would say like when we think about plant-based everything, right? Plant, plant-based, um, you know, um, psychedelics or, you know, even, as we see the legalization of more and more what was considered to be outlawed or taboo drugs, the natural plant-based approach, you know, replacing or trumping the synthetic, the, the, the lab grown, if you will. Uh, and, and we've seen so much, um, you know, bad stuff coming out of the pharmaceutical industry, the opioid epidemic um, that, I think this is a very interesting one too. Um, you know, he he actually references in his PBS series America Outdoors. He talks about um, um, Amy McDonnell, um, who is a University of Utah postdoctoral researcher, and she's studied the uh, psychophysiological effects of immersion in national in in natural environments. So basically. You know, in a nutshell, what it's saying uh, is something that we've always believed, um, which is the more time we spend in and with nature, the the higher, the better our uh, mental health and life expectancy, our ability to recover from stress, um, especially the stress created by a said technology. Um, and so, you know, I'm I'm seeing it now. I'm witnessing it now. Um, you know, I'm full circle from someone who was one of the innovators and early adopters of digital, of social, you know, of mobile, always being on the forefront, advocating, you know, boosting, being an evangelist, you know, trying to adopt these, these technologies and platforms that were designed to level the playing field and give access to people that 
that that historically didn't have it. But now, guess what? It's uh, you know, it's as as everything, right? Everything can be used for good or evil. Everything can be um, used or abused. Anything and everything can be misused and uh, and taken advantage of. And um, and now you know it's a different kind of backlash that we are seeing um, and and having to deal with as well. So I see it with my kids. Um, the addiction. Um, by the way, don't blame the kids. We're all addicted. We're all addicted to the phone. Um, we're we're almost. I mean, I uh, I was coming back on the plane, and um, I walked to the back of the plane to get a cup of coffee, and there was terrible turbulence. So much so that initially the flight attendants put me into one of their jump seats, um, and then moved me. There was um, there was one seat right in the back row, um, and. And and so I ended up sitting there and I was there for maybe 20, 25 minutes. And I didn't know what to do with myself because I didn't have my phone. I didn't have my phone, which of course had to be, was connected to the internet, right? On the plane. And I just I I was just like beside myself. So I ended up, you know, eventually playing Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on the screen in front, but still replacement of one screen with another screen. Um, I just felt complete completely incomplete. I felt, you know, anxious. I felt like something was missing. And you all know, you all have this, this feeling, this, you all have this moment when you, um, can't wait to switch your phone on when you land on a, when you land from a plane, if you haven't got internet access, that feeling that you've been deprived or, you know, that you're missing out on something. It's it, we shouldn't have to feel this. So that is trend uh, number six, people return to nature. Trend number seven, closer to my heart, crypto's not dead. Um, and it's funny because this morning, I almost thought it was, um, between 7.10 a.m. and 7.17 a.m., you know, I witnessed, missed it, by the way, <laughs> completely missed it. Had I been, and I'm typically checking the damn Christ, uh, crypto, the damn crypto portfolio like every minute or so, but had I been, you know, exactly, um, it was, I'm going to show you, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to tell you, not show you, but at like, I'll tell you like, uh, Solana, for example, was almost 109 at 525. Um, at 7am was 103. Um, at, uh, let's see if I can do it at 710. So it's seven. I'm giving this to you in increments. As I move my little fat finger, so at seven o five was ninety nine, at seven ten was eighty five, um, at seven twenty was back to ninety five. The moment it's ninety nine, I don't know what happened. I was trying to figure it out, but everything just took a monster tumble. Um, and so I thought maybe everything was dead after we've seen just incredible ramps up, ramps up on you know in all the major crypto currencies. Um, and ahead of what is expected to be some significant news associated with, you know, Bitcoin's halving and approvals, EFT approvals, uh, did I say EFT, ETF um, uh, approvals. And, um, but, but he says, hey, listen, you know, crypto is not dead. Um, we are, um, 
we are seeing um, you know, resurgence. It's not just a resurgence in terms of pricing, right? And transactions, it's growth, it's 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 building. Um, it's almost like a like a rebranding. It's like a um what you know, it's a complete like you know, rebranding exercise. Um and and I'm excited for it because I believe deeply in the future of of not future i believe in in the in the value proposition that the blockchain because at the end of the day sometimes we we kind of jump around um the idea of blockchain crypto web3 um some are you know uh and and what those relationships are whether one is a subset of another whether it's a concentric circles a venn diagram however you want to look at it but you know as baratundi says he recognizes as do i that blockchain will be a way to help authenticate transactions and verify identity and content um a need that's grown exponentially given the explosion of generative ai so um i've discussed this before in the collective cafe um specifically um that actually web3 may be the the maybe the foil or the counterfoil or the counterbalance that helps to control and regulate web3 uh um, ai i apologize you know so how do you know when something is real how do you know going back to trend number 1 whether we call it the mucktrosity or the shitification well you know the ability to discern gold from fool's gold right uh, or or moissanite moissanite from a diamond or to be able to determine what is real and what is fake may very well be um the most you know as we believe uh to this to, you know to be true the immutable you know incorruptible nature of being minted um uh on the blockchain so i find that to be very very that's just one aspect you know um you know, helping uh, the unbanked um, and also the people that cannot raise money themselves that have struggled to get access to capital. There are so many aspects um, to, you know, to not just, I mean, he's talking about cryptocurrency. There's there's also some seedy underbelly stuff, you know, from, uh, you know, from moving money around undetected uh, from, you know, scammers may be the best of our problems. And terrorism the worst of our problems um but that still you know doesn't prevent the march the inexorable march of progress when we think about entire countries adopting something like bitcoin as an official uh, currency um so pretty exciting stuff i think and uh, you know obviously i'll be talking a lot uh, i continue to talk a lot um about the web3 slash crypto slash block chain space number eight the climate business is about to explode um and you know it's an interesting one because he talks about um two different points right people returning to nature is not the same as the whole idea of of um you know uh climate concerns i mean he talks about um you know we've seen you know uh zero um you know carbon what do they call it carbon um Net zero, I don't know, something like that. Um, I'll just find it now because then it's going to just irritate me. Um, Apple net, I call it net zero carbon. But there was that brilliant, brilliant 
um, Apple uh, carbon neutral, I guess. Um, and Apple just re- produced this magnificent, you know, piece of video um, talking about their commitment um, and the fact that I think they've delivered um, on their on their commitment. I believe to become carbon neutral. Um, but you know, when we talk about um, just uh, you know s- zero emissions and um, and and also recognizing the impact, I should say, of um, you know, of climate change on, you know, temperature and water levels and, and fires and, you know, and, and a lot of disaster that we're starting to see. So, you know, he talks about the fact that um, he says, I believe we will finally see aggressive climate friendly movement in different pockets of society to limit CO2 and to monetize the shift to a net zero economy. There's the net zero um, component. And, um, you know, obviously there's, tremendous amount of um you know of implications when when um climate conscious consumers choose to support companies that are not just paying lip service but indeed um delivering uh, substantially and um and wholeheartedly uh comprehensively against this imperative okay number 9 the DEI backlash will continue unabated. Now, okay, this one's a, this one is a this one's a uh, a big one because you know Baratundi is talking about. He says Americans seem destined to relive our racialized trauma again and again. There is never any progress without backlash. Reconstruction gave birth to the KKK and Jim Crow. The civil rights movement began beget beget urban white flight and mass incarceration. Barack Obama was followed by Donald Trump. The list goes on and on. Uh, Today, the 2020 racial reckoning in the wake of George Floyd is over, and many of us decided that reckoning is hard, uncomfortable work. So he says, look, I mean, it's it's again, as they say, whether we're talking about uh, CRT, critical race theory, um, whether we're talking about um, quotas, um, you know, he references uh, Disney's Bob Iger. Um, he said, um, you know, gave credence to the go woke, go broke meme by signaling that the company won't focus on political messages in its content. Um, he spoke about how um, Nikki Haley, presidential candidate, refused to mention slavery when asked what caused the U.S. Civil War. Um, you know, I... I would tell you that in a way, you know, you've got, you've got a, um, how do I put this? Um, the minute that you're discussing woke versus unwoke or anti-woke, you know, you know that you're, you know that you're in a losing, um, conversation or in a, or a sinking ship. It's the same thing. Like, I guess having a conversation about what I would call, uh, liberal versus conservative, right? These are, in a way, everything from trigger words to dog whistles, um, as opposed to, you know, what maybe um, I've always, my barometer has always been Bill Maher, right? Politically incorrect, the name of his show. Um, and, um, you know, this idea of common sense approaches and, and, and the backlash, it's going to include things like backlash against, you know, the trans community. It's going to include um, a backlash against uh, 
personal and 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 preferred pronouns. Um, and you know, in some respects, we're going to have to compromise. Um, we're going to need to be able to to determine where the line is. The the pendulum may very well have swung too far from one extreme to the other extreme. But more importantly is I think what we're witnessing is that there is a divide. And that divide is loosely, I mean, talk about, you know, weaponized. It is absolutely politicized to the extent that it becomes a basis almost to choose a party or to vote. And that is dangerous when 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 it's when what it's doing ultimately is um, diluting from and confusing what the real issue is, which is about uh, justice, equality, fairness. You know, I I forget who it was who educated me on my show, but but I've been calling it DEI and A, diversity, equity, inclusion, and access. That's really what we need to be doing. We need to be giving more people access, access to to training, to education, to intelligence, to opportunity. Um, to leadership, to mentorship. It's the access that's important. It's the access that previously was bought, right, uh, through, you know, I mean, uh, and I'm going to address the the elephant in the room, which is, you know, MIT, uh, Penn, and Harvard. Um, I think her name is Claudine. Claudine Gay has just resigned. That's two out of three. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, I'm counting down the days until it's three for three in terms of, you know, as, you know, as a Jew, you know, as, you know, someone who has absolutely, you know, had to question a lot of my own liberal views when I always would sit and cheer, you know, the likes of um, uh, John Oliver until such time that all the people, you know, or, um, uh, forget, can't even remember her name, Joanne Reed. Um, you know, all these people that I just blindly believed in everything they said until until um, the Israel um, conversation. And suddenly um, I was faced with this very real uh, fork in the road, which is, is it possible that they're right about everything else and just wrong on this? Or is it possible that they're wrong on other things as well? Or is it possible I'm wrong on this? Well, that third possibility is not one that I'm prepared to entertain as someone who is educated, as someone who has seen firsthand and experienced the atrocities of anti-Semitism. To, to say, to be able to even talk about being wrong on the third is to, you know, almost deny or minimize um, something that I mean, it's it's like it's like somebody talking about the fact that racism isn't real, or you know, or you know, prejudice isn't real, or and you know, and so it's been a really, really hard um, reckoning for me and an introspection. And you know, where I've landed is that is that you know, I still remain, you know, my my political views are still largely. The same. However, um, as I've followed Bill Maher, common sense must prevail. So, you know, this is an unfortunate trend, the backlash against DEI, because what we really 
the people that are really going going to suffer without question are the people that desperately need the opportunity that have not had the opportunity. The fairness um, is fairness will suffer, and it is it is you know it is devastating. You know, um, I mean, even I need to do more research, but you know, this idea of um, obviously, you know, I'm sure Bob Iger wasn't actually um, referencing go woke, go broke. Um, and let's be honest, you know, see, there's another issue here that's really um, in play. And that's the fact that, you know, um, and, I, and I've said this many, many times, um, we've discussed this in the Collective Cafe um, many, many times, which is companies not having um, a backbone, not having a spine. Um, if you stand for nothing, what will you fall for? The line I've used many times from, uh, from Hamilton, the musical. Um, if you stand for nothing, Burr, what will you fall for? And the answer is everything and anything, right? Anything and everything. When you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything and everything. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of sad when we see this idea that, um, you know, that companies will just shy away from having a position or point of view. But my point of view is common sense. If common sense and fairness and justice and basic humanity prevail, then companies should be able to stand for something and, and be able to follow through. Of course, you know, when a, comp- when a country is so divided, most companies will not be able to withstand the backlash of potentially losing 50% of their consumer base. Um, and, um, and so, you know, Baratundi says, expect to see more uh, cowardly reactionary moves um, like this idea of, um, you know, giving in to the anti-woke uh, bullies. But, you know, um, but he also says, expect to see some counterbalancing efforts by institutions to reaffirm their commitment to multiracial democracy or at least to, you know, workarounds like the growing coalition of libraries who joined Brooklyn Public Library's Books and Band Initiative. So um, I, I suppose, you know, if you think about the trend for 2024, it almost could be summarized um, with this common theme, which is, you know, it's going to get worse before it gets better. You know, and and sometimes like kind of recognizing that in order to get to a better place, you got to get through the muck. You got to go through the mire. You got to, you know, you got to go through the swamp, you know, um, and and the quicksand almost to hopefully emerge on the other end. And so the last trend is uh, Democrats can't rely on a save democracy um, message. And he just, you know, he talks about, look, obviously it's a, uh, a massive, massive, um, it, it's funny, this trend incorporates so many others when we start thinking about climate and AI and deep faking and, um, you know, and, and CRT, DEI, immigration, a lot of these, you know, fear-mongering messages that Baratundi refers to, you know, typically coming out of the GOP. Um, but what he says is, uh, a lot of the stuff is going to diminish as people focus on results, 
not provocative uh, rhetoric. Um, and, um, you know, I kind of like this idea that says, um, because, I mean, let's face it, you know, when we see, uh, when we see um, the flip-flopping that has come from both parties, both Republicans and Democrats in the U.S., that what, you know, what was once, um, you know, big business, for example, right? Republicans always rallied around big business. And now suddenly big business has become big tech and a bad thing. So it's all just spin and talking points uh, on both sides. Let's just be clear. And I do like the idea of always, you know, allowing um, results to kind of lead the way. So, you know, he says, as faith in institutions continue to crumble, it's become a fool's errand um, to sell people institutional nostalgia or preservation, the good old days. By the way, the good old days um, has come from both parties, right? So saving democracy, you know, preventing us from becoming a dictatorship, uh, you know, a, uh, I don't know, totalitarian or, you know, authoritarian, um, you know, dystopian reality. But on the flip side, um, you know, the other, the, the counter, you know, dog whistle has been the good old days, you know, when, uh, you know, when, when people of color um, were, you know, had to ride at, uh, at the back of the bus. Um, and it may not be spoken about that way, but certainly the good old days, right, make America great again, are very much focused, you know, on a time, on um, isolationism, on nationalism, if you will. And and I would like to see both sides actually kind of growing up and emerging out of this by focusing on the stuff that counts, results, right? And And even if we go all the way back through these 10 trends, you know, maybe that's another um, uh, almost common theme, which is let the results speak for themselves. Less talk, more walk, more walk. you know, less intention and more execution, follow up, follow through. Um, that's what we need right now. So, you know, if it gets worse before it gets better, but ultimately we have results to lead the way, I will sign up for that. I would sign up for that. I would sign up for one that says, hey, listen, nobody ever, you know, nobody ever got, you know, uh, looked back on a on an honest day's work, on a hard day, on a, you know, a hard day's uh, work, on on rolling up your sleeves, on doing some physical manual labor, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, putting in the hours, putting in the time in order to be able to escape <laughs> emerge, um, you know, victorious um, from the quicksand, right? From the muck or the mire um, in a better place. There's, there's, there's nothing wrong with taking a step back in order to move two steps forward. There's nothing wrong with being able to get a little bit battle-tested and even battle-scarred in order to have the, you know, the, the grizzled, you know, kind of, you know, wisdom um, on the other end, you know, especially to be able to, um, one thing I love with EOS is they always talk about experience shares. So when you want to give feedback or advice to someone, they ask for experience shares, not conceptual conjecture, not, you know, thought leadership and, and pontification, but this is what I've done before. This is what I've seen. This is what has worked. And this is what hasn't worked as opposed to this is what I think 
might work or might not work. So, Baratundi, I know you weren't here to comment on this, but you know you uh, you know you pass the baton, and I uh, I picked it up. Love uh, I, I love your prediction your predictions. I love some of these uh, absolute brilliant uh, pithy quotations and creative um, explanations. Um, and um, moreover, for you listening uh, listening on. Uh, online, uh, if you are subscribed to the podcast, hello, uh, Jeff, who just popped in as well. Um, this is, of course, available to you via podcast, bit.ly forward slash collective cafe to go. Um, it will be probably uploaded and online in the next hour uh, to an hour and a half after completing this. Um, and um, uh, moreover, um, I hope um, we're going to experiment, whether it's Twitter Spaces or X Spaces, whether it's Instagram Live, whether it's LinkedIn Live. Um, we're going to create a little bit more um, follow-up and follow-through, mix it up a little bit. Um, but uh, the key uh, deliverable here is is 8 to 9 a.m. You know, start your day off on the front foot, on, you know, on the right foot, um, while you're getting the kids ready for school, while you're commuting to the big bad city, while, while you're on the treadmill, while you're getting your real cup of coffee as you sit down at your desk, you know, at, uh, at Honda of Westport um, and do what you got to do. How's that for a little shout out uh, as well for you, uh, Jeff? Um, that, uh, that you always get a little bit of insight um, in the morning, something that you can use and something you can take with you. Of course, if you are um, if you are in our Discord, discord.gg forward slash alpha collective, um, you will be able to pick up that reference to Baratundi's 10 trends in the cafe chat, which I've posted. Um, I will be back tomorrow. I may not be here on Friday because uh, uh, many, many reasons, but one is I have a coaching session. Um, but, uh, but, you know, regularity, consistency, it's the hallmark um, of uh, of getting into great uh, routines, um, you know, and and positive um, habits that affect and impact your your mindset, your your approach, your confidence, your optimism, um, your ability to um, make twenty twenty four hopefully uh, the best year ever. So have an amazing day, everyone, and I will see you all uh, tomorrow. Bye, everyone. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.